Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Hello, beloved family. This is Mother Miriam, and I indeed am live, but the equipment is not working today for me to come to you by video. I'm so sorry. One of the problems is that we're really out in the country where um, Internet and fiber optics rarely goes, so we need to find a solution to this. I'm so sorry, but at least we can come to you. I'm, I'm on the phone. And uh, thanks to the wonderful expertise of the people at the Station of the Cross, um, we can come to you. So first off, I want to thank everyone who gave to the Station of the Cross to keep Mother Miriam live on the air uh, this past Tuesday and Thursday, which was yesterday. You are all so wonderful. We had many, many new donors that we've not had before, and it was specifically uh, for Mother Miriam Live, and it all, every penny goes to the Station of the Cross to keep producing this program, um, because I was at that funeral of a toddler last week, and I had to miss two days during the fund drive, which is crucial for the Station of the Cross, um, who does a fund drive only twice a year, versus most apostolates do it quarterly. So. I'm, um, I said over and over how honored I am to be on the Station of the Cross, <clears throat> who does not flinch from the truth. That's all they care about is the truth. Um, and that's all I care about, and that's what you care about, dear one. So I want to thank everyone who gave last Tuesday and Thursday, and again, uh, you know that the Station of the Cross, you can't over, overgive to them because no matter how much they get, they're still below the goal they needed. And so you can always give their ones um, to uh, the, give online the station. This is not a fundraising day. I just want to say it from my heart. The Station of the Cross dot com, iCatholic Radio app, or um, you can even call. Uh, I don't know that our call screen is there today, but you can call our number which is uh, 1-877-711, what is it, James? 877, um, are you there, James? Oops, we may not even be on. James, are we on? Hello? Are we on the air? All right, I'm so sorry. Um, the phone number to call today, dear ones, even with a question on your heart, is one 877 You can call with a question. And if you wish to make a donation, don't worry about the donation. Just call with whatever on your heart. But if you miss the fun drive, and you'd like to make a donation, even for Mother Miriam Live, to keep her, me, on the air, call that number and just tell the call screener that you're not calling to ask a question but to make a donation, and they can take it over the phone for you. So, you know what I'd like to do with um, 
we have an email from um, Nicole, and she says, Hi, Mother, my heart is broken for what we are seeing happening in Israel. My question is, why have the Jews been persecuted throughout history? It appears there is hatred toward them by other groups. Thank you for your answer. Well, Nicole, you're very right. The Jews have been persecuted um, throughout history, and, um, and there's tremendous hatred toward them, and they've been persecuted from the beginning of history, the creation of Adam and Eve, because the devil uh, is not interested in anything that is true of God. He needs to um, uh, wipe out God's people. And so right from the beginning, Adam and Eve, um, the devil was there in the garden in the form of a gorgeous serpent because apparently Eve wasn't scared by him and she spoke to him. And he led Eve, who led Adam, into sin and plunged the human race into sin by disobeying God and wanting to do it their way. And mankind since that day, Nicole, as I'm sure you understand and believe, has turned from God um, in every way. And God is faithful to his promises. He promised to bring the Messiah through Eve, through the woman, and that the her seed would crush, which is the Messiah, would crush the heel of the serpent. And you can trace the messianic line, that is, the line through which the Messiah would come. You can trace that line from Eve, through her son Seth, when the scriptures say after the first, after Cain killed Abel, um, then they had Seth, and the scriptures say men again began to call on the name of the Lord with Seth. And you can trace Seth's line through Noah and through all the way to the parents of Abraham, whose name was Abram, and he took Abram from Ur of the Chaldees. Ur, you are of the Chaldees and told him that from his seed, uh, the seed is singular, uh, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And you can trace that seed from Abraham through his son Isaac, and through his son Jacob, and through his son Judah, and through his son David, that the Messiah would come, be a son of David from the tribe of Judah, um, from the family of Abraham. You can trace it both ways. And the enemy has been trying to kill off the Jewish people through that whole process so the Messiah would not come. But he did come, not because of Israel's faithfulness, but because of God's faithfulness. And the church is established on Israel. People say, well, Israel rejected God, and so he went out to the Gentiles. That's totally false. The church is founded on the apostles and prophets, everyone Jewish. Every one of them in the upper room where the institution of the Eucharist and the priesthood took place were Jewish. Um, and everyone, uh, the foundation of the church is on the prophets um, and the apostles, all Jewish. Christianity, dear ones, is Jewish. And the enemy hates it. It is Judaism fulfilled in its Messiah and spread through all the nations of the earth. The holy sacrificial system that God gave to Israel could never save anybody. Dead animals couldn't save them. God gave it to Israel to show them that the heinousness, the uh, depth of the evil of sin 
that blood had to be shed, but it had to be shed of a perfect animal without blemish, without spot, and spread on the altar as an offering to God. But that blood couldn't save anybody. It was a sign to point to the one who would one day come and take upon himself the sin of the entire world, not just the sin of the offerer at the altar. And that one, who is the Lamb of God, the Lamb which millions of Old Testament's Lamb pointed, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. God did not do away with the sacrificial system. He did everything to point to the one only acceptable sacrifice who was his son, the Lamb of God, the holy, spotless, without sin, Lamb of God, crucified for us. And that sacrifice, beloved, it was an eternal one. When Christ died on the cross two years ago, 2,000 years ago, that was an eternal sacrifice uh, that paid for the sins of the entire world. And that sacrifice was not obliterated either without uh, the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. And the sacrifice of Christ is, cannot be re-sacrificed. It was the perfect sacrifice that God accepted, but it is an eternal sacrifice that the church Christ established brings down and not re-sacrifices, but re-presents, presents anew uh, on every altar of every Catholic church throughout the world. Without the shedding of blood, there's no sacrifice of sin, there's no forgiveness of sin. That blood was shed on the cross 2,000 years ago. It is not re-shed. It is not a bloody sacrifice. It is the once-for-all acceptable sacrifice on Calvary 2,000 years ago that is brought down through the consecration words of the priest at every Catholic Mass. And so it is to this day, dear Nicole, that the enemy, Satan himself and his minions, um, millions and millions and millions and millions uh, who fell with him, um, uh, they are trying to destroy the people of God because the promise of Scripture is that his people uh, will uh, perdure, will endure uh, till the end of time. And so um, they don't like it. And what Hamas has purpose to do is kill every Jew on the face of the earth. I heard a, a podcast yesterday um, from Australia that they're knocking on doors to find out where all the Jewish people are to, to do away with them, to kill them. One even voice, one voice shouted out, even in Israel, gas them. Can you imagine? And so they've declared today as a world day of jihad. That is that Hamas Muslims all over the world would kill today uh, every Jew they could find and anybody else who supports them. So it's an awful time we live in. And it's the issue of Satan to um, um, wipe out the Jewish people. If you wipe out the Jewish people, then there's no line of salvation. But the fact is, uh, the Messiah has come, and he came to save the world. And anybody, Gentile or Jew, who puts their trust in that sacrifice alone that happened in time on Calvary 2,000 years ago. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Who are the 10 most well-known preachers in America? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Here's the list. Copeland, Osteen, Benny Hinn, Joyce Myers, T.D. Jakes, Stephen Furtick, Andy Stanley, Robert Jeffers, Rick Warren, Alistair Begg, John MacArthur. Well, secondly, all these pastors say the same thing on Sunday morning, which is, turn with me in your Bible. Well, then how's the harmony regarding, say, eternal security, disagreement, present-day ministry of the Holy Spirit, Disagreement. Relationship of baptism to salvation. Disagreement. Church government. Disagreement. Life beginning at conception until natural death. Disagreement. And eschatology. Disagreement. So what's going on here? Well, if you are someone who says, all I need is the word of God, brother, because the Bible is going to give me everything I need to live out the Jesus life. Okay. Hope you've already ditched your favorite blogger, your favorite preacher, your favorite podcaster, and most of all, your religious Google searches. Well, speaking of Google searches, I do request one last Google search for you. Magisterium. The Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network is dedicated to answering the critical need of access to quality, consistent, professional, and proven Catholic programming. We cannot rely on other media outlets to properly represent our church. Catholic Radio reaches Catholics, non-Catholic Christians, and non-believers alike. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent of your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest, prayer, or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience by finding us wherever you enjoy podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Uh, we are live, and uh, I intended to read to you today Bishop Strickland's most recent letter um, concerning the truth of our faith against the uh, synod on synodality. But we have the very serious war uh, on Israel going on right now. And um, I'm looking up a couple of things. Hold on a minute. Um, we have an email, so I'm going to just take your emails this hour, and, and we'll talk through a few things, especially about the war in Israel. Um, Psalm 22 uh, instructs, us, instructs us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And just before the great break, we took an email from Nicole, who wants to know uh, why there is such hatred toward the Jews, not just by Hamas, but other groups. And it is because the devil has his minions all over the world. And many people hate the Jews. They bought into lies of the devil. Um, and they do not like God's plan. And they do not like the fact that the Messiah would come through a woman. Satan it. Um, and it's always been, uh, if you read the entire Old Testament, 
Israel has always been surrounded by her enemies. And in Chronicles, uh, our Lord says, um, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will hear their prayer and I will heal their land. And that's at a time when Israel was surrounded by its enemies, as it is today. Unfortunately, today as then, uh, Israel has not turned from its wicked ways. It has at times, but it's not turned now from its wicked ways to God. Most of Israel is living a secular life, and they're not living the promises of God. And God in Deuteronomy, the final book of the Torah, has told his people that if they obey him, he will bless them. If they disobey him, he will curse them. And the curse has always come from their enemies. So it's it's very sad, heartbreaking, and tragic. But Israel needs to turn to God. Um, Here's an email from Jennifer who says, Mother Miriam, peace and love be with you. Thank you, Jennifer. My husband asked a very intriguing question. In light of the most recent events happening in Israel, are there any prophecies in the Old or New Testament of our Catholic Bible that speak of this religion that the Arab world adopted in the 600 ADs called Islam and how it would come to affect Jewish and Christian events in the future? Any insight or direction on this would be much appreciated. God bless you always, Jennifer. Well, we know that the enemies of Israel uh, come from Ishmael's line, not Isaac's line, but Ishmael's line. And, um, and uh, from Edom on, the prophecies uh, are of all Israel's enemies destroying Israel. Did it speak about this particular day? I don't know offhand. I could, I'm going to try to look them up while we're on the line. But um, um, uh, what I want to say, but I, I just quoted Deuteronomy from chapter 28 that says, again, if, um, if my uh, chronicles, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will hear their prayer and heal their land. But they're not humbling themselves and praying. So that's why they're turning to human means and um, aggressive war, but they're not humbling themselves and praying. That God has healed them and won victories throughout the Old Testament when they had nothing, when they had absolutely nothing. Um, I mentioned yesterday Gideon. Um, Gideon came with 3,000 soldiers to fight against um, their enemies. And God, through testing Gideon's army, reduced them to 300. So 300 men against hundreds of thousands. How could they win? And they didn't have ammunition. They had nothing. And they won because God was on their side. That's all that is needed is for God to be on their side. And God is not going to be on their side while they're in sin by their own will turning from him. And so, um, let me just see. Um, there are prophecies in Ezekiel uh, from 20, chapters 25 on of the restoration of Israel. Um, let me just see if I can find something. Um, um, and of course, there were prophecies 
fulfilled by the ancient destruction of Israel by uh, the north and the south um, being separated and taken into exile. We know that. Um, First Kings 11, that the nation would be divided into two kingdoms. That was the result of Solomon's sin. Um, um, and many prophecies that I'm, I'm going through them now that um, that refer to the death of different uh, parts of Israel and the people. Um, and let's see, Bible. Um, okay. Um, the prophet Daniel has most appropriate or fitting prophecies to did foretell the destruction of Jerusalem in the temple, and that was when Christ came. Um, and so there's there are many, many prophecies, let's say, uh, that Israel would become a wasteland in, in Deuteronomy 29, um, and, and the people of Israel would no longer have a king because of their sin, um, and the northern kingdom would be laid to waste. That's already happened. Um, let me see. Um, so I, we can go through these. Um, Zion would be plowed like a field in Micah chapter 3. Um, and so Jerusalem, Luke 21, will be trampled on. Um, and in Luke 19, Jesus explained why Jerusalem would be destroyed. Yes. If you go to the Gospel of Luke and go from Luke 19 through 21 or 22, you will see God's prophecy of the destruction of Jerusalem. Now, many feel that was the destruction of Jerusalem in our Lord's day or in... Was it 70 AD when the temple was destroyed? But I don't know that it doesn't go beyond that. As long as God's enemy is on the earth, and he will be till the end of time, um, till he is finally utterly destroyed and hell is locked, um, the people of Israel, anywhere in the world, but particularly the land of Israel, will be fought again. And Hamas has declared that they will not be happy as long as there's one single Jewish person alive. Are there human reasons for it? Uh, we could say that Israel became a state uh, after I don't know how many centuries in 1948, and that made the Palestinians very angry, the Arabs angry, um, but God said it's their land. And so... Um, so much here. I, maybe I need to do a little work and do a history of it. I'd like that for myself. But um, people will always come across the Jewish people. Um, back in 2001, there was the, um, oh, I forget the, the, um, um, uh, the Vatican came out with, um, oh, I forget the accord. But, it was to have an accord between Israel and um, and the Catholic people, I guess, Israel and Christians, um, between Jews and Christians. And I can't think of the title. I was very much involved at the time. And 
each were each was to set down their faith and what they could compromise, if anything, what they could not. And the rabbis from the side of Judaism did not compromise one iota, not one. But we on our side, which is the Catholic side, weakened the faith and compromised left and right. I was so ashamed. Um, and Eugene Fisher, who was the head of the interfaith dialogue at the time, came out with an article, Why Convert the Saved? I, I couldn't imagine how, not just how wrong that is, but how evil it is. What he's saying is that the Jewish people, what he did say, is that the Jewish people were saved through Moses, and we are saved through Jesus. The, the hugest heresy that I can imagine, um, and the greatest form of anti-Semitism ever, to tell the Jewish people they don't need Jesus, is the greatest form of anti-Semitism in the history of the world, that they don't need the Savior, the Messiah, that came through them to the world, they're the only ones that should not be saved because they're saved by Moses. They're not saved by Moses. Jesus said, if you believe Moses, you would have believed me that I am the Messiah. Um, Moses can't save anybody. Moses pointed to the Savior. He pointed to the Messiah. Nobody could be saved by keeping the old law. And if they thought they could, there's no more temple, there's no more old Lord now, because Jesus fulfilled it. That means there's no salvation for anyone, but there is, through the Jewish Messiah that's been prophesied from the beginning of time. So uh, Eugene Fisher and company created um, a huge, not only confusion, but destruction by their anti-biblical um, shameful relations with Israel, wanting to be respected, wanting to placate them, and keeping them from the truth for their salvation. It is one of the horrors of our time. Um, so, beloved, um, we have compromised left and right, and every time there's been a bishop appointed for the uh, interfaith dialogue between Jews and Christians, I cringe and I follow them. Not one of them has told them, not one has told them that there is salvation in Christ alone, in the Messiah alone. When Bishop Barron was interviewed by, um, um, oh, we know him, uh, um, the Jewish Orthodox man, I can't think of his name, Schneider, not Schneider, um, Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I, I'll think of it during the break. Uh, the Jewish man on screen asked um, uh, Bishop Barron, rather, Bishop Barron, if he's condemned because he doesn't believe in Israel, because he follows the Jewish faith. Is Jesus the only way? And Bishop Barron said, no, no, no. He's the preferred way. He's not the only way. He's the preferred way. I, I could. It makes me nauseous to hear bishops speak like that. Jesus is the way, not the preferred way. I, he said, am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Those are the words of the Jewish Messiah. Okay.
our second break, beloved. We'll take your calls and your emails when we return. one 511 5483 the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I discovered the Station of the Cross rather providentially a year ago. I've been a loyal listener ever since. I can't overestimate the value of the station when it's made a difference in my life in terms of making me better informed Catholic. It has enriched my faith and sold me during tough times. It made me laugh on several occasions. I commend the important work of this great apostolate. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I listen to the radio. And if I can listen to something that brings me closer to God, closer to Jesus Christ, then it's the most beautiful thing. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. We hear all the time from listeners who discovered the station by seeing a Tri-God bumper magnet in traffic. You can request a free bumper magnet and start evangelizing just by driving around town. Go to thestationofthecross.com and click on Promotional Material under the About tab. There you can request a magnet for your listening area. We even have one for the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Request yours today. This is Jesuit Father Robert McTigg, your daily host of The Catholic Current. Join me on Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern for another round of Let's Talk About This, where we walk through a controversial issue together. I'll be offering a first look at the new dubia sent to Rome. What are the cardinals asking for, and will they get it? Hear my first round of analysis on The Catholic Current on Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern, coming to you from the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together on our work together today um, with questions on the war in Israel. Um, and we're going to take your calls and your emails this entire half hour, calling with anything whatsoever on your heart. Um, and uh, the toll free number 1 511 5483. Or email at mother at the My beautiful producer James just gave me a note. And he says, Diane from Spring Lake, New Jersey, just donated $1,000 and praise for Mother's well-being and the continuation of her show. Oh, Diane, God bless you, my dear sister. God bless you. I mentioned earlier in the program that because I was gone so much for the funeral last week, we were really short in donations. Um... And um, I don't know if it was because I was gone, but um, in any case, we were short. And um, and really, specifically for Mother Mary Love, 
So uh, I, this is not a fundraising day, but it's the end of the week, and I wanted to uh, put a note out there, hopefully to uh, urge anyone, encourage anyone who, who did not contribute or was not able to contribute to that fund drive, that you still can. And just call our show number, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. And if you have a question, we'll put you through to me. And if you want to make a donation without a question, that's fine, uh, or both. Well, Diane, um, you've led the way. God bless you, my dear one. That's huge. It's $1,000. That's huge. And um, and I don't know, but I'm going to ask that you get all the gifts that are at that level of $1,000. So I don't know what it is, but I think it's three levels up at least. So you'll get all the gifts, including my DVD on a family of sacrament to the world. So God bless you. And I ask everyone to pray for your intentions. Um, here we have an email from Joan who says, Mother, will you be teaching your classes from the catechism explained? I'm in the process of getting a copy for myself. Thank you for your faithfulness. My dear Joan, um, I, we've been talking about that on this end. I absolutely would love to do that. The question is how and when. Um, I've heard from people who want to come in location here, but there's very few. We're out in the country in the Diocese of Tyler, Texas. Not everybody, even in the city, can make It's about 40 minutes from the city, but, you know, people work, and it's, it's not always easy. So we don't have a day and time. I'd like to do that, but I've also heard from people across the country that they want to be part of it. Is there any way we can do something just in line? People can still come in person if they wish, but at least this way, anybody who wishes could be a part of that. I've been talked into that. I really, really want to do that. I just don't want to limit it to people that are local and who could make it to our priory in Winsboro. Um, so we're working on thoughts and ways. Um, and I'll ask you all this. If you would like, in some ways, there's no commitment, there's no charge, there's nothing at all, you would just pick a time, a time and day, or days, which days and which times would be good for you. Uh, evening, day, morning, afternoon, just idea of times. Um, and uh, maybe if we could do something during the day, of course it would be better. Early afternoon would be better for me. But if it's on the air or a podcast, then anybody can see it at any time. So uh, if I can hear from a good handful of you um, that want to be a part and by video or Zoom or something like that, email me at our, our general mailbox, mail, M-A-I-L, at motherofisraelshope.org mail m-a-i-l at motherofisraels with an s hope.org and tell me you'd like to be a part of it generally give me a choice of days and times and i'll put all that together and pick the most possible time for everybody and and when i can do it as well um and if you forget that email just email me at the station of the cross mother at thestationofthecross.com. Not a problem. Our, our website is motherofisraelshope.org. You can go on there as well and get all our um, all our um, 
information, contact information. And um, if you wish to donate now, I'm going to ask you not to donate to the, mother, the Daughters of Mary, not that we don't need it, uh, but right now, the primary donation is to the Station of the Cross right now. It's just a day past their fundraiser, but we can still get in everything before the end of the week. God bless you. So, Joan, I love you for your email. I wish to do it as soon as we can figure out when and how to put it together. We have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, I am, thank God, back in the arms of the Catholic Church after a long absence. Well, blessed be God, Anonymous, we're happy with you. Um, he or she says, during my wilderness years, I was a practicing Wiccan, oh dear. Upon my reversion to Catholicism, I made a confession, yet I remained troubled by physical ailments, depression, and anxiety. The thought is stuck in my mind that all or most of these troubles are lingering and temporal consequences of my previous sinful practices. Um, dear Anonymous, I do agree that they're lingering. I don't know that they're temporal at the moment. Um, he or she says, at what point would it be determined that my repentance and absolution were not adequate to free me from demonic entanglements and that I should seek the services of an exorcist or I should I just bear the cross of these troubles patiently? I would seek an exorcist now because that exorcist will be able to diagnose you and totally free you or give you a set of prayers and all of that. You might be aware of um, Auxilium Angelorum, I think it is. Um, it's a booklet of prayers put together by Father Chad Ripiger, one of the greatest exorcists in the church. And it's a set of prayers to free you from just what you're speaking about. I would go through them and follow that book. I think it's Auxilium Angelorum. It's, uh, I, I'm not sure, but if you look up Father Ripiger um, and prayers for demonic activity, whatever that may be, you will find it. If you don't find it, let me know and I'll look it up for you. Um, I would do that. And if that doesn't fool whatever time the book suggests, if that doesn't free you, because it may well free you, if that doesn't free you, then I would seek an exorcist. I wouldn't wait, though. Get that book right away. There's no reason for you to suffer for this uh, forever. It's good that you made your confession and you were absolved. This is very, very good. Um, but your current ailments, I think, are uh, the residual, but also could be um, current activity. So I get that book right away. And then uh, if you're still troubled, um, uh, find an exorcist. You're, most of have an exorcist that you could meet with. Okay, dear one. We have an email from Sarah who says, Mother, I recently read a passage in a book by Father Charles R. Minya in which he wrote, quote, Leaving aside the Most Holy Virgin, conceived without sin, and St. John the Baptist, sanctified in the womb of his mother, a multitude of other saints have led quiet, celestial lives here on earth, 
closely united to God without any course, C-O-A-R-S-E, desire or trace of the senses ever darkening beauty and radiant splendor of their souls. End quote. Taken in context, I know that Father Arminian is not asserting that any of even the holiest saints led totally sinless lives. That gift of grace belongs to our Blessed Mother alone. But what about St. John the Baptist? What does sanctified in his mother's womb mean? And what, if any, difference is there in the gift of grace bestowed upon him as opposed to the other saints? Well, the fact that John the Baptist was sanctified in his mother's womb means that he was born without original sin. Our mother, the Blessed Virgin, was conceived without original sin, meaning that from the moment of her conception, um, we've taken the illustration from Bishop Sheen that if you're walking along the street and you see a man who has fallen into a sewer and he can't get himself, so you come along and pull him out you have freed him, saved him from the destruction of the sewer. And let's say you're standing on that same street, and another man is coming. He's heading right to the sewer, and he doesn't know it. But you're there, and so you head him in another direction. And so he doesn't fall in. Which man have you saved from the sewer? You saved both. One after he fell in, one before he fell in. Well, our Lord saved our Blessed Mother, before uh, she fell. She never fell um, before. So right at the moment of her conception, he removed from her, uh, in her mother's womb, St. Anne, original sin. So she came out, she was born with original sin. St. John the Baptist was conceived in sin by his mother Elizabeth, but then sanctified in Elizabeth's womb, so he was born without original sin, which means he did not have the concupiscence that we have since we are born in original sin. I believe the church teaching is that John the Baptist never did sin. He never uh, uh, was affected by concupiscence. Now, if anybody knows differently, call in right away. Um, I'm going to look it up to confirm this online, but um, I believe that because he was sanctified, he was not born into original We are born into original sin, all of us, and we have the concupiscence immediately. We have the tendency of sin. We have even the experience of sin. John the Baptist never, ever had that. He was freed from sin in his mother's womb and never sinned. I believe that is the church teaching. During our next break, I'll look it up to see if there's any difference at all. Um, that's your question. Um, I will confirm it during the break, and if anyone has a passage to read um, because of that, because I want to have support for what I'm saying, give a call in. Let me know, okay? Um, we have an email from um, hold on now. Um, hold on, let me just get there. 
anonymous again, um, who says, hello, Mother Miriam. I was divorced as a young woman and have been remarried for about 18 years, and I have children with my current husband. I want to return to the church, but can I still get an annulment of my first marriage after all these years? Also, can I get an annulment even if my first husband does not want one? All right, there's the music for our final break um, and our final segment. I will respond to this when we come back from the break, and I will also see if I can look up a passage in the church teaching that affirms what I'm saying about John the Baptist. Our toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. beloved, this is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. It is a scientific fact that life begins at fertilization. Every human being is a human person. It already says in the 14th Amendment of our U.S. Constitution that all persons are to have equal protection under the laws. Yet we have an ongoing mass murder of our little pre-born brothers and sisters under the big lie of abortion. The Supreme Court must explicitly affirm federal protection for our last excluded class and end this constitutional crisis. Use your voice and sign the petition now at thestationofthecross.com. The Station of the Cross is listener-funded and we value your ongoing generosity. In this fast-paced world, it's easy to let your recurring donation slip due to something like a new address or a card number change. If you suspect that we might not have your up-to-date donor information, you can check with us during regular business hours at 1-877-888-6279, extension 104, or anytime online at thestationofthecross.com. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that and through your programs I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station of the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm with you. This is our last segment. Um, and we have a, a little over 10 minutes. Um, 
And so I am still, again, you're welcome to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. Um, concerning John the Baptist, I'm looking this up online, um, if he never sinned or not. Um, it, there's all kinds of um, answers on this and a few theories. And apparently, um, the speculation involved was never been uh, condemned by the church uh, or affirmed by the church. So the fact that John the Baptist was born without original sin has not been apparently confirmed by the church, uh, which means uh, neither can I affirm that he never sinned. So I'm just giving you from the few things I just read, including Catholic Answers website and, and some others. So I'm going to do work on this, dear one, and I'm going to come back. Um, I'm going to come back with a, a, a better answer next week. And if the only answer we can give is that the church has neither affirmed or denied it, but we, we know he was... Um, um, Oh, even the word baptized is up for question, that he was baptized in his mother's womb. So I'm going to do some work on that. I've never personally looked the whole thing up, but I will, and we'll do it next week. I'll, I'll be on the air with it next week. Okay. Um, our current email is from someone who writes it anonymously and says, Hello, Mother Miriam. This is very short. I was divorced as a young woman and have been remarried for about 18 years. And I have children with my current husband. I want to return to the church, but can I still get an annulment of my first marriage after all these years? Also, can I get an annulment even if my first husband does not want one? Well, yes, you could get an annulment after all these years. But I don't know that you can get an annulment if your first husband is still alive and does not want one and won't participate in the process. Um, I don't know that you can. You'd have to speak to a, a tribunal uh, lawyer on that one. I know nothing that says you could get one if your husband won't cooperate. But if you have not had an annulment, then you are living in adultery. Now, what you knew or didn't know uh, as a young woman is one thing, but what you know now is another. So until you, if, if you cannot get an annulment, again, without your husband's participation, um, then you must live as brother and sister. You must go to confession, receive absolution, and live as brother and sister with your current husband for the rest of your life. Otherwise, you will be living in mortal sin. You've been living in adultery up till now, and you must go to confession for it. Um, you could say it's ignorance, and God knows your accountability, but the sin is sin regardless of our understanding of it. Our accountability is another thing, and God knows that. So you must go to confession about having uh, remarried these 18 years and living in adultery. Um, and again, if start the process of annulment, if your husband will not grant one, and the church therefore cannot grant one, must live as brother uh, and sister for the rest of your life. 
someone else might say, you could live as husband and wife, but you cannot receive communion. I don't think that's a choice for anyone to make. To live in adultery, in a state of mortal sin, um, and, and not receive communion? Why would you live in a state of mortal sin before God? Is your um, intimate life with your husband more important than your eternity and that your ongoing offense against God? I can't imagine. I know it's an option, but I don't understand it. You simply need to live as of this day as brother and sister, regardless of what you find out, until you may or may not receive that annulment. It's a good question, and it took courage for you to ask it, and I, I'm grateful for that, and we will pray for you. Um, uh, email from Jen. Jen says, when we say world without end, at the end of a prayer, what are we actually praying for? Of course, we know the world will end at some point. It's an expression that says forever, world without end. Nothing is going to um, change this prayer. It's going to be continual. It's going to be forever. Now, we know forever is in heaven um, where there will be no sin and there will be no prayer. Um, but we say world without end is another way of saying forever and ever and ever. Um, I'm trying to remember the Hebrew uh, for that world without end. That's something else I'll look up as well, Jen, so I have a little more uh, knowledge on that. Um, we have an email from Courtney who writes, Mother, my friend is understandably distraught about her son who has become a drug addict and has committed some petty crimes in order to keep his drug habit going. Now, I don't know what petty crimes are. Thou shalt not steal is one of the Ten Commandments if he's involved in stealing. She says, I was wondering if someone in that state is committing sin if he has a physical dependency and almost can't help himself because of his addiction. Also, would someone be committing a sin before being addicted by getting involved in drugs in the first place, I'm keeping him in all those with addictions in my prayer. In my prayers, I think the answer is yes to both, Courtney. Um, someone in that state, um, if he's become a drug addict, he's committed some petty crimes in order to keep his drug habit going. I don't know what those petty crimes are. Again, stealing. Uh, usually, people steal if they need money um, for a drug habit. And that's against one of the Ten Commandments. Uh, I was a jail chaplain for 10 years where women committed prostitution to support their drug habit. That would also be um, a mortal sin. Um, is someone in that state committing sin if he has a physical dependency and almost can't help himself because of his addiction? That's the state of every addiction. It's a state of dependency, uh, physical dependency. Um, and rarely can they help themselves, which is why they need to go get help. Uh, but it is committing sin. Also, wouldn't someone be committing a sin before being addicted by getting involved in drugs in the first place? Absolutely, Courtney. And so 
um, what you need to do as a friend um, uh, to your to his mother um, is look up um, courage which is a Catholic organization for those with addictions, particularly drug and alcohol, and let them help you to help him. Uh, that would be a good start. Look up Courage, U-R-A-G-E on the internet, and that'll be, um, that'll be a good start. Um, there's the music, beloved, for our, um, the close of our program. I always hate when that comes. I wanted to look up World Without End to see if I could get the origin of it and a little more definitive meaning, Jen. But I will look that up, including the status of John the Baptist. Um, and we will um, respond to them both on Monday. Have a wonderful weekend, beloved. Please pray for the peace of Jerusalem and um, for the millions uh, but at the most part, at, at the moment, thousands of innocent children and families that have been slaughtered and many, many children simply beheaded. It's a demonic situation. I'll speak with you on Monday. <laughs>